The previous Mishnah taught that although Yeshua in the first Perek argued against Rabban Gamliel and Rabbi Yezer regarding the rule of Migoy, Migoy is when we believe somebody who makes a claim because if they were lying, they could have said a better lie, which was more ad- advantageous for them. So although in general Rabbi Yeshua argues with the principle of Migoy, there is a form of Migoy which Rabbi Yeshua agrees to. And that is when the person could have kept quiet and said nothing, and he wouldn't have been obligated to do anything. So anything which he does say, we are going to believe him. This is known as Hapesha Osahu Hapesha Hitter, where he says something which puts him in a position where he might be obligated to do something or to pay something. And then immediately after that, he continues by saying that he's actually exempt. In such case, he has believed that he would be exempt, and the Mishnah is going to bring a couple more examples now. Ha'edim she'omru, witnesses who stated in Beistin, Ksav yodeinu huzeh. This is our handwriting, our signature. There's a document in Beistin, and the Beistin need to verify the signatures to check that indeed the witnesses are valid witnesses, and without that, the document cannot be used and it wouldn't obligate anybody to pay any money or whatever the document states. So witnesses come and say that we are the ones who wrote that signature. And immediately after saying that, they continue their sentence and say, We were forced to do it. Somebody said, either sign on that document or I'll kill you. Or, We were under the age of Barabbas Mitzvah. So we were invalid witnesses. Or Pasule Eidos we were invalid witnesses for some other reason. For example, we were related to somebody who is involved in that transaction. Says the mission in such a case, they would be believed. And indeed the document would not be able to be used. It would be considered an invalid document. Because until they came along, the document couldn't be used because the signatures were not yet verified. Only because of their verification would we consider the document to be valid. So if they verify it and then say that actually this is not considered a good verification, then they are believed and the document is considered to be invalid. However, says the Mishnah, if there are witnesses, other witnesses, who testify that it is these people's handwriting and they did sign on it, or if there is another proof, the fact that it was their handwriting was proven from another place. For example, if Bastin found another document, which we know that these two people signed on, and they bring that document and they compare the two signatures, and they see that indeed they are the same signature. So the Bastin themselves now have proof that it is they who signed on the document, which means that even without them having admitted that they signed on it, the Bastin could verify that the document was valid. In such a case, Internet Monum, they are not believed about their second part of their statement, that they were invalid witnesses, because for all we know, they are valid witnesses. They signed on a document. Once we know that fact, we definitely assume that they were, were valid witnesses. So unless they can prove that they were invalid witnesses who could not have signed on it, the document is considered to be valid. If there is no Pesha Osar, then there can't be a Pesha Hitter. Mr. Dalit, while we're on the topic of witnesses' signatures in documents, when it comes to verifying a signature on a document, by the way, this is known as Kium Storais, and just like in most scenarios where witnesses are required to 
two witnesses are required. So too for Kiyom Storais, two witnesses are required to verify each signature on the document. The document itself should have two signatures, because there must have been two witnesses who were there. And for each of those signatures, two witnesses are required to verify them. So what happens if Zeimer, this person will call him Ruvain. He sees the document in Bastin and he says, Zeksavyodi. This signature, that's mine. And the other signature, which is on the document, This is the handwriting and the signature of my friend Shimon. And this guy, Shimon, says about the second signature that This is my signature, And the first signature is Ruven's signature. So it comes out that now each signature has two witnesses testifying about it. So Kiyum Storis was done with two witnesses. And as such, they are believed and the documents would be verified and valid. What happens if Zeimer, this guy Ruvain, says that Zeksavyodi, this signature, this handwriting is mine. The Zeimer and Shimon says, Zeksavyodi, this other signature is mine. So they each testify only about their own signature. So in this case, if we look at each signature, each one of them only has one witness testifying about them. So the document is still not verified, and they need to add another witness with them, who recognizes their handwriting, to testify that indeed it is their handwriting. Did they read that is the opinion of Rebbe? Because according to Rebbe, when somebody comes to the basin and says that this is my handwriting, this is my signature, they are testifying exactly that. They're not talking about the document itself as a whole. They're talking about this specific signature, that is mine. However, they do not need to join up with another person testifying about each signature. Because when somebody says that that is my signature, what are they really saying? That I verify this document. I signed on this document and I'm now saying that that is what I did and it's a valid document. So if you think about it, you've now got two people saying that this document is valid. Maybe you haven't got on each specific signature, but the whole point about testifying about the signature is so that we know that the document itself is valid. So right now you do have two people testifying that the document is considered to be valid. Rather, a person is believed to say that this is my handwriting, and if each witness who signed on the document verifies that fact, since you have two witnesses overall over the entire document, Hume's stories has been fulfilled, and the document is verified and therefore valid. Mishnehe, up until now, all the examples of Hapesha Osar Hu Hapesha Hitter have been monetary cases. This mission is going to show that that rule is equally applicable to non-monetary cases which involve severe per- prohibitions. Ha'isha Sha'omrai, woman who claims, and we're talking about a woman who until now people assumed was not married, and she comes and claims that I was actually married to a particular man, but since then I'm now a divorcee. Now, Menes, she is believed because her own mouth who put her in that position of being potentially forbidden to marry somebody else because she said that she's married to somebody else already. So she is able to take her out of that position and to say that she is divorced and therefore permitted to marry another man. However, if there are other witnesses who say that she was married to a man, so now she's no longer the one who is putting herself in the position of perhaps being forbidden to marry somebody else. Even had she not said that she had been married to another man, there are witnesses who testified to that fact. So if she says, Vihir Maris, if she says, Gerusha Ani, I am a divorcee, 
then Internet Menace, she is not believed since she was not the one who put herself in the position of perhaps being forbidden to marry somebody else. She didn't do the Pesha Osar and therefore she can't do the Pesha Hitter. Next example, Omra, if she says Nishbesi, I was captured by a group of non-Jews, and as we have seen in the first parak, when a woman is captured by non-Jews, we suspect that she was forced to have relations with them, and as such, she would be forbidden to marry a Koyain once she has relations with a non-Jew. But if she's the one who makes the claim in the first place that she was captured, and then she adds to Hayrani, but I am pure, meaning I did not have relations with them. Nemenes, she is believed, and she would still be allowed to marry a Koyen, Shapesha Osarhu Apesha Hitir. The same mouth which made the statement that would forbid her, that person has the power to continue that statement in order to permit herself. However, Vimesh Edemshinish base, if there are also witnesses that she was captured, so even without her statement forbidding her, she would have been forbidden and considered to have been captured. So even if Vihir Meris, she claims that to her Ani, I am pure and I did not have relations, Edonet Menes, she is not believed and she would be forbidden to marry a Koyain. However, since at the end of the day, we're not certain that she had relations with the non-Jews, and it's only Midrabonon that we are concerned for this possibility and therefore forbid her to marry a Koyain. The image if after she married a Koyain already, only then witnesses came, and the Gemara adds, even if the Basin gave her permission to marry a Koyain, and she hadn't yet married a Koyain, she does not need to separate from her husband if she already married, and if she hadn't yet married a Koyain, she is still allowed to marry a Koyain, because once she has got that permission, because of her own statement, so we do not take that away if witnesses later on come and testify that she was captured. In the first half of the Mishnah, in the case of the Aishas Ish, the woman who had been married to another man. So there, if she is not divorced, then it's a prohibition mid for her to be married to another man. So there we would force her to be divorced if witnesses come later on and testify that she was married. But in this case, since the whole prohibition is only Mijabonon, because of the concern that perhaps she had relations with the non-Jews, so once she has got the permission to marry a Koyain, that is not taken away from her if witnesses come later on. Mishnavov, this Mishnah shows another leniency which would permit a woman who was captured by non-Jews. But firstly, the Mishnah says that if two women were captured, and we know that as a fact, so let's say there were witnesses who testified that they were captured, and Zosomeres, this woman says, I was captured, but I am still pure. I didn't have relations with them. And the other woman also says the same thing. I was captured, but I am still pure. In their monas, they are not believed because since there are witnesses who testified that they were captured, so even without their statement which says that they were captured, we would know that and prohibit them to marry a Koyain. So the fact that they are saying that they didn't have relations, we do not believe them because since they didn't do the Pesha Osar, they also haven't got the power to do the next stage of Hapesha Hitir. And it's important to note that this is even if the women themselves didn't know that there were witnesses. Even in that case, we wouldn't believe them because at the end of the day, there is no Migo over here. We can't say that had they not said anything, then they would have been permitted to marry a Koyain. That's not true. Fact is, we have witnesses who testified that they were captured, and the Basin would have prohibited them to marry a Koyain. But now comes the leniency, says the Mishnah of Zmanchein Me'idoi Zoi. In a situation where each one of them testifies about the other, 
They say that they were together the whole time that they were captured, and each one saw that the other one was not forced to have relations. How they are believed. So we see two things over here. Firstly, we see that we don't require two witnesses, and even one witness who is generally an invalid witness, women are generally invalid witnesses. But when it comes to testifying that the woman who was captured was not forced to have relations, even a single generally invalid witness is believed. And the second thing we see from this Mishnah is that even though there is room to suspect that they are working together, they made an agreement that each one would testify about the other one in order that they both be permitted to marry a Koyen. The Mishnah is telling us that we do not suspect such a thing, and since the entire prohibition is anyway only with Jabonon because of a suspicion, so as soon as we have any evidence to suggest otherwise, we do permit them to marry a Koyen.